decided, I decided from the beginning that we're not going to sell anything. We want, we don't want any money from anybody. We want your time and your efforts. And there's been no looking back. We are five years old now and we just celebrated our fifth birthday. We've saved more than five and a half tons of scrap from the landfill and it just continues. <laughs> Objectives is to help people understand that you can save your own scrap. You pay, so this is other thing which I say, you buy rice, do you throw away 100 grams? Or if you buy sugar, do you throw away 50 grams? Okay, I bought 5 kilos, 50 is nothing. So why don't you bring back your own scrap as well? Hello everyone, this is Shweta Dalmia and welcome back to another amazing episode of The Climbapreneur Show. So before diving in, into the episode, let me remind you, House of Climber, your one-stop place to shop sustainable fashion from, is going live on 13th of February, a day just before the Valentine's. And to mark the launch, we are organizing a small pop-up event at the Green Hour Cafe, Gurgaon. And now, let's get back to the episode. So, you know, for today's episode, the guest we have, Dr. Shambhavi Rajkopal, ma'am. I don't think that my words would, you know, sort of justify hair like my the kind of person she is the kind of work she's doing you know like she's such an amazing person like she's so selfless she's doing like such amazing work the way she's spreading kindness happiness all around you know it's people like her that inspire me every day it's people like her that makes me to be on this journey every day and yes once again I would say that Climate action is beautiful. When I listen to these stories, when I when I you know, talk to these amazing people, it makes me feel grateful. It makes me feel blessed. So I think let's go into the episode directly and listen to what Dr. Shambhavi has to say about her journey, about her work she's doing. So let's get started. Welcome to the Climbpreneur Show, ma'am. So grateful to have you with us today. So like, would you like to give a brief introduction about yourself? Okay, so my name is Shambhavi Rajagopal and uh, I live in Dubai. I've lived here for 30 years. So I've grown with this country and it has become a home yeah. away from home for us. But we still have our roots in India. We visit as often as possible and uh, we have family, friends, every, uh, I mean, every possible connection that we could mm -hmm. continue to have with India. So like, uh, how did your journey with uh, Save, Scrap and Sue started? Like, what was the idea behind it? Uh, so I would have to backtrack a little bit and uh, say that when I came in here, I started working as a market research uh, executive and uh, uh, till 2005, I was pretty much doing freelancing. In 2005, I decided to join an MBA program uh, yeah. and um, uh, from there, in 2007, when I finished, I realized that I wanted to teach and I wanted to wow. do marketing. And uh, hence, uh, in fact, even before I finished my defense, my journey as a faculty had started. And mm -hmm. I was teaching various subjects. Now, as you see, the progression in teaching is that PhD has become an essential requirement. Yes. And with that in mind, uh, I kept searching for a topic and... Um, uh, for those who are interested in PhD, you should know that it takes three to five years to complete your PhD and your topic should be valid even then. So I chose evaluative criteria by, for purchasing fruits and vegetables in packaged and open shelf. And uh, in fact, uh, because this is a topic which is so close to our hearts, we earn so that we could take care of our families. 
and one of the offshoots which I got from this topic was the waste of fruits and vegetables. Now, very typically, if you're living in India, especially if you are in rural areas, you would feed this to your cattle. Uh, in the urban areas, particularly in uh, metropolitan cities, now you are expected to uh, separate your uh, wet waste and your dry waste and things like that. So we still save that. Whereas here in Dubai and in most of the countries, there is no such thing happening. We just throw it into the garbage. From there, it goes to the landfill and creates the pollution out there. So uh, this was one of the things which was, and 2014 was the year when I finished my PhD. And uh, in 2015, one day when I just went across to my tailor, I saw him carry two bags and the bags were black color garbage bags. So I just asked him, what is in this? And he said, it's uh, cloth, scrap. Uh, and he, I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to throw it into the garbage. From there, it'll, obviously I knew it'll reach the landfill. So I asked him, why are you throwing it? And he's like, what can we do with it? Do you want it? And I actually took a physical step back because I kept wondering, what am I going to do with other scrap? But this set the idea in my mind that I cannot save the food from the landfill, but we could try to do something with the scrap. And uh, that is how my journey started in June 2015. Uh, again, I've, um, being a marketing faculty, I think uh, I used my skills of setting a Facebook page and, you know, creating WhatsApp messages and things like that. And the first thing I did was I uh, created a WhatsApp message, sent it across to my friend who shared it with the building friends saying, let's try to do something. And the message just said that this is how scrap is created, goes to the landfill. Would you like to yeah. do something about it? And uh, September 30th, 2015, uh, five friends joined me in my house. And we started sorting and uh, cutting and uh, that's where our journey began. And there's been no looking back. We are five years old now and we just celebrated our fifth birthday. We've saved more than five and a half tons of scrap from the landfill. Mm. And it just continues. <laughs> so like what were, your, what, what were your challenges when you first started? Like, you know, you think, okay, I need to do something with it. And now you've created like five successful years, I would say. So what were the kind of challenges? So I think one of the things is that we have so much uh, trouble trying to clear, you know, uh, remove our own clutter in our house or keep ourselves organized. So why would somebody try to see somebody else's uh, scrap, you know, somebody else's clutter? So the sorting part of it, which takes maximum amount of time, was definitely a challenge. And actually, till we made our first tangible item as a bag and as a sheet, nobody could understand where we were going. Yeah. So it was those initial friends who had faith in me and, you know, as for the journey. Now, again, one of the things which we did and which we still continue to do is every time we made something, every day there was even a small activity, we would immediately post that on the Facebook page. So you can actually track our activity on social media right from the day we started. And so this was one of the things. Again, some people thought, I don't know stitching, how can I be a part of it? So we realized that there were various tasks which one could do. You could just cut or you could just sit and help sorting. You could do ironing. In fact, the first two sessions, I remember just doing ironing. Mm -hmm. When we started, we 
uh, kept a time schedule and which I still even now propagate is just two hours once a week. And we would uh, get together because it was a teamwork. Again, I knew that this is not something which one can do alone. So it was a teamwork and people uh, would come at a specified time or maybe they would just drop in around that time. Slowly, people started adjusting their schedule as this became part of their routine lives. And they would come, sort, cut, whatever was possible. Then slowly, some people started taking back like homework, you know, home. <laughs> so I remember those initial posts where I would like, yeah, it is holidays, but please do try to remember that the landfill is getting filled and, you know, the earth is our <laughs> mother. <laughs> uh, posts like that, asking people, their time yeah asking people for their time and uh, and then I'm very glad to say that I came to a point where I had to tell people that okay you've done you know you're doing your bit take care of your family also it's amazing because what the buddies I call them buddies okay because we believe that everybody is equal what the buddies started doing was like let's say they had children who were studying for their exam and they wanted to be sitting with them, giving them company. So they would then do some cutting, sorting or some stitching around that time. So these, the husband is away in gym. So now no more cribbing about that. They would sit and you know, do their own thing. <laughs> and that's how people became very passionate about it. Uh, and it became a part of their routine. Like I said, it became a part of their routine. So the definitely yeah, sorry. So definitely the initial challenges which we faced were still people understood what is it for. Another major challenge um, I was that people said, why aren't we selling it? We should sell. And we had decided, I decided from the beginning that mm -hmm. we're not going to sell anything. We want, we don't want any money from anybody. We want your time and your efforts. And uh, there is no judgment. If you can do every week, fine. If you can do once a month, fine. Anything is okay because something is better than nothing. Yes. So there was absolutely no judgment. So this fact that, you know, why don't you uh, sell what you make and then use that money for charity? So very honestly, uh, first of all, we all have our pet charities, which we already contribute to in our own private. Second thing, once money is... A factor a variable then everybody has you know there'll be a conflict of interest as to what we should do with it yeah and i think most important for me was that if you are hungry you need food if you're if you are feeling cold you need that sheet that money yes. is not going to buy you that and there was an ethical point also that the tailor is giving me some scrap which belongs to somebody else how can i sell it Imagine your tailor says that whatever remaining cloth, I sell it to somebody and they do nothing with it. You would, if your dress is a little tight, you would wonder, has he sold extra? Has he cut off something? Has he made? Very, uh, very yeah. simple one would suspect them. So we, I didn't want any of those. Sorry, you were asking a question, please. No, so I'm just asking like, what is your motivation behind like every morning, you know, sort of what keeps you motivated to do more, to move in this direction? I think some days when I feel a little low, mm. there's always some message which comes to me from somebody who says, I have been watching you or your page for six months, one year. And uh, then you realize that whatever you did was making an impact for somebody. 
and it it is uh, in fact it's just two weeks back we've started a new uh, group in kuwait so every time people actually invited me to come and talk to them and i i said if there are two people i'm happy to come and show a demo and before these covid times i would go to their place show them how to do it then that particular you know um, that friends group or that building group would then make their own group and we would communicate through whatsapp and uh, uh, we would go on with our uh, so we have one main group and uh, then uh, which is a whatsapp group where we don't have any greetings no good morning good evening nothing we only sss uh, content and whenever anybody does any small task whether it's sorting or you know picking up scraps from the tailor anything we post pictures out there just like how we do on the uh, fb because many people are not there on facebook so just to keep people motivated then i've had different kind of people approach me and tell me that how it has changed their life how it how the perspective changed and the best part is shweta we don't know who actually received it and who is using it but having said that we do try to tell people when you give it just send us one picture to act as a motivation we also try to keep track of what all was made by us and where it went who received it and that's how like i said uh, we have um, roughly at least 5 and 1/2 tons we know that we have seen it's a very rough figure and i am sure we have done more than that so slowly the groups grew in within dubai then we had charja we have abu dhabi uh, then uh, we have also have in india there are two groups in mumbai there's one in bangalore and like i said now our group in kuwait you know it's actually very beautiful so uh, like what does climate action mean to you on a personal uh, level i i always keep i don't think uh, we had some any great thoughts in that way that you know what is climate action or now in fact social entrepreneurship these are all separate subjects now yeah whereas for us it was just a part of our day to day activity and day to day life that you were not wasting anything you were saving on food there was you know it was a very people may have thought as being frugal actually whereas it was that i think no wastage was a very important part of our life whether it was clothes or whether it was uh, food you know or whether it was electricity any of this it was you cannot you can use it but you cannot waste it you know that was always for our generation that is how we grew up um, so i and the other message which i always give whenever i am called to speak anywhere and i say is uh, you collect uh, you make build houses you collect money you put it into mutual funds all this for your children and for the future generations if you thought about mother earth as your mother as your asset you would be more careful as how you treat is that answer your question no that's right you know i always say that climate action is beautiful because you know like even in your case also you're actually spreading you know happiness and kindness all around and while being a contribution to climate action just imagine picking up those scraps and then you know making things out of it and just spreading happiness all around so so uh, shweta i should say at this point that one or two things which we keep in mind one is that from the tailor what we take is new scraps okay there are no if, if there is somebody who is given for um, let's say for altering a dress or something and we it is uh, dirty or then we don't use it we usually trash that 
second thing what we do is that we do not take personal scrap from people i get a lot of calls people telling me you know what i have this bed sheet i never used it i have this fabric i never used it but the thing is they'll always tell you that they've had it for 5 years 10 years what we must realize is they will never throw it away when they paid money for it but as the tailor in his case has no ownership on it so he would and plus you know how small the tailoring shops are always it's it's uh, mayhem always there it's i don't know how they track where our stuff is and uh, so they they have no ownership so they are definitely going to throw it out so that has been one of our objectives is to help people understand that you can save your own scrap you pay so this is other thing which i say you buy rice do you throw away 100 grams or if you buy sugar do you throw away 50 grams okay i bought 5 kilos 50 is nothing so why don't you bring back your own scrap as well give it to somebody who will use it or use it in your own home as a maybe a dusting cloth a mop a wiper anything there are so many things and now we, thank god we live in a age where technology is so rampant that we can learn on what we can do with our uh, with the scrap you don't have to be the person who knows how to stitch you could do so many things with you know using glue or stapler there's so many other things which one can do and one can learn uh, the intent should be there that is what is more important i think how important do you think you know is empathy and kindness i think uh, it just came to us like i said we could have made all these things and kept it for ourselves nobody would have asked us yeah uh, but like i said there's a small ethical uh, background to it and the second thing is people when you ask them for help for anyone they are always very happy to give you money you know they'll say give 100 100 dirhams whatever give some money and you feel kind of relieved that you have uh, you know done your social duties whereas when you look at all the time these ladies and in fact we have children also we have teenagers who've done this for their social uh, school social programs or and we've had men also when you see the amount of time that they spend cutting sorting there is so much emotion which goes into it and we never sit and try to put it into some you know kind of some design or shape or anything nothing like that uh, whether it's a sheet or a bag we never try to give it any specific design but whenever you see anything people will always end up with a wow and i think that wow comes because of the love which goes into making it so i always call it labor of love because you don't know who is going to get it you have nothing to do with that person but the fact that you thought about that somebody is going to use it and somebody should be protected and you know covered with it that is what i think carries us and i don't i can't describe to you how it uh, makes people feel because i never thought i would be in this place or giving this interview today for that fact <laughs> No, that's true. Like, and my next question to you was actually this thing only. So, like, you know, what was your initial thoughts about this? Like, when you were just starting, and how have they changed over the period of time? Did you visualize, or did you have a kind of thing that okay, I need to, you know, forming groups and doing all these things? Or like, what were your thoughts when you just started? When I thought, when I started, I just thought only one thing that I can't do this alone. I need some. with me so the first of course the first people who i mentioned this to was my family and they're like yeah and i've been elderly in my family so everybody's like yeah yeah we we'll, you know kind of help you out and uh, then uh, i knew that uh, depending on my family was not fair so i 
ask my building friends. And then, like I said, from five now, we are more than 300 plus buddies. Some of the, thank you. Some of the rules which we maintained always, Shweta, was that I would actually never call up anybody and tell them that, you know what, we are doing something important. You should join us or this is going to be your salvation in life. We never did that. And I got invited by people, uh, sometimes addressing groups, sometimes addressing gatherings, uh, sometimes just two people. Whoever called me and how much ever time they gave me, whether it was two minutes, 20 minutes or two hours, I went and spoke. And I told them the basic philosophy of what we are doing. Now, one of the things which I was always met with was surprise because paper, plastic, glass, all these are counted very high when people are talking about recycling. Scrap is not discussed much. Wasn't at least at that time. Now, thanks to a little bit more um, awareness on the true cost of fashion and stuff like that, now people are more um, aware of it. Again, even if you're aware of it, sometimes you don't know what to do with it. I mean, okay, I know. What should I do with it? So I was always a little bit into stitching and I used to always make these handmade gifts for my uh, family, friends, things like that. So doing a little bit of crazy quilting kind of a thing was very easy for me. And uh, over a period of time, I learned that I could do, I set up a method of what would be minimum brain usage. Okay. And what you can do in an you know, efficient manner. So for me, in fact, my mantra is efficiency is more in, important than perfection. So people who, are, who seek perfection, they have a lot of problems with me because I'm like, you're trying to make one sheet perfect or one bag perfect. Go ahead, make bags in the same time and hand it over. Give it to somebody who needs it now. So now on the fact that how do we identify people who need it? So there should be no hoarding. That is our policy. So it's not like the person who's receiving it has an option. So in that line, we would not give to our own helper or our security guard. We would not gift it to them. We would gift it to somebody who doesn't have another one. And we also don't hold. As soon as possible, whatever is ready, we just hand it over and we go ahead. In UAE, I have uh, permission from Red Crescent. And uh, so we go and give it to Red Crescent. And uh, that, that's how we identify. Again, Anybody, any of my buddies can say that they want to give it to somewhere. And I trust them just because like how they trust me. In fact, we as a group, we collect all the material and we give it to them and they go and hand it over to whomsoever they think is a suitable entity. This must be like, you know, uh, so soul enriching and you know, kind of making you happy from inside at the end of the day that you know that you're doing something really good. I, I didn't think much of it except when a colleague told me, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, he's like, uh, I think you're preparing for an afterlife. <laughs> and I think now many of us have prepared for an afterlife. The best thing is my oldest buddy is 86 years old. Okay. And um, she, when she tells me that you're doing a great job, Shambhavi, or, you know, you've done good. And, and the, when there are children also who are involved in it, I think it's an inclusive program. That is one of the best things about it that anybody can join in anybody can become a part of it and you know that kind of selflessness with that with which you're creating you know that is that is very beautiful and that is actually very i would say pure and divine and it's very hard to find these kinds of things these days so i would say that there was it was definitely a divine intervention because i never thought that i would be now i'm like i keep saying i'm known for my sewing skills now i'd never thought that it 
because I've taught deep uh, sewing to more than 60, 70 young teenagers. I never thought I would be doing that. And let me tell you, sewing really needs patience. And then teaching it needs more patience. I think I'm very content in this that I, the fact that instead of nothing happening, at least something is happening. So something is better than that is that's been a very important mantra for me, I think. That, so that's like I said, I don't judge when people are not able to do it. I don't judge them. I believe that they gave it their best when they could. And all those who say we'll join and are not able to join, for them also, I think the same thing, that when they can, they will. And actually, the groups just popped up by themselves. People just came and said, we want to do this, we want to. And uh, that's how it uh, uh, it just happened by itself. And I think Save Scrap and So chose its own path and it still continues to serve. So, like, what were your biggest highs and lows in your journey? I think whenever there was a distribution which happened, which like kind of moved people, there were some small incidences which uh, took place. Uh, uh, one of my friends was traveling for a wedding and uh, just for two days. And so we gave her some sheets and then she handed it over to another friend of mine who I had coordinated to in Chennai. And uh, the day this friend was coming back, those sheets were handed over to an old age home. And as she got off from the aircraft, she was looking at those pictures and so was I at the same time. And I called her and I said, thank you. And like, there's nothing, Shambhavi. I just handed over the sheets. Like, she didn't even go to that place. She just gave it to her friend. And, uh, and she actually started crying because it, it meant so much, you know. And actually, I think uh, Scrap so for some reasons, I can say, has made me a little shameless. Because uh, I was uh, attending a wedding in Bangalore and we were staying uh, Leela. And I had a couple of uh, bags with me which I had taken and I was just thinking, where should I give it? You know, where should I find it? And at the next door table, I heard um, a lady and her parents and they were talking to the uh, concierge and just telling him that, no, you know, we are just going, we are planning to go to this orphanage which is here. I couldn't help overhearing, so I just walked up to them and said, you know what, I have these bags, do you think it will be of use? And they are, yes, in fact, we were planning to buy some bags for the children there. <laughs> so, it is, it is like those moments which give me goosebumps and I'm like, this is just perfect. <laughs> you know what, it takes courage to take that step, going up and asking, it takes courage. I think being 50 is liberating, Shweta. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it happens with me that I'm like five, four, three, two, one, and go. <laughs> yeah, I think coming from an army background with my father being in the army, and I think he really said, "If I mean, you have to take the first step." So he would actually make us talk to strangers on a train, and you know, go and ask people, say hello to them, ask them if they need help, any lady uh, or any, you know, anybody uh, old citizen carrying heavy bags. He would immediately send us and he does this to his grandchildren now and tell them, go, go and help that lady. Go and ask that man whether he needs help. Pick up the bag for him, you know. So those are the, I mean, I mean you asked me earlier, the empathy. I think empathy was just uh, kind of, you know, it, it was a part of our growing up. And I think that is why we continue to be empathetic even now. <laughs> 
that's beautiful so uh, like you know how important do you think is involvement when we talk about climate action because you know involvement as in say involving communities involving people in creating solutions themselves because we have our examples where you know when people actually create a solution so they use it also because you know you're kind of working with a lot of people around the world so what do you think like does the involvement element play really important when we talk about climate action Yes so i think the what globalization has done to us one of the things is that you started realizing that what is happening in one part of the world is also going to happen to you very soon whether it is water whether it is air pollution or anything else it's not that you can be in your own utopian world and say no no this is not going to come to me so we it's a, it's become a part of something which you have to do something about and i think particularly with our project of save scratch so everybody takes that responsibility of doing something and in fact you'll not believe sometimes i tell people that you know don't take too much of scrap from the tailors because they just keep throwing they can't do anything not only scraps we also get samples you know which these boutiques and all throw away when once the season is over and uh, invariably you'll have a desperate secretary calling and saying please ma'am can you come and take this and go otherwise we'll just throw it away ma'am i know that you use it and you're like look i can do only I'm an individual, and then I think that it's the corporate responsibility to take care of their footprints because they made whatever profits that they wanted. So, if some share they could give, I'm happy always to teach people how to do it. And you know, you just go ahead and do. And like I said, my uh, the YouTube videos which I've created are pretty. They don't need any uh, kind of special skills to follow it. And I've had teenagers do it. Why can't uh, adults do it? Or you can have some people. So now as far as climate action or any of these things are concerned I think people are not looking at sustainability just as a word which you incorporate into your uh, life and say oh you know it's you actually need to show it and say that this is sustainability and this is how we can do it so I won't say that we can save 100% scrap like I said we can't do that we don't have time energy or the manpower but yes and then when i tell people don't take the scrap if you can't cope with it please throw it you know it's okay it's all right it was any case going there people feel very bad about it they feel as if there is some personal you know loss which they are as if they are responsible for something on this earth whereas it's not theirs at all in the first place so we kind of devised a plan where we try to use as much scrap as possible in the best possible way and i can say that we actually don't throw out anything and that is where i think our families have also come up uh, you know right behind us and supported us because sometimes you know if your family is not supportive let's say you want to meet and clean and you know looking a house which looks like a museum then i don't think these things would have been possible for any of us so that like you know save scrap and see you had a sort of you know personal uh, effect on you like a personal change that it brought on you as an individual uh, so i don't tell people don't shop because i believe shopping for clothes and stuff is like really i mean that is what our celebrations are about isn't it whether it's a birthday or it's a new year or whatever it is you are always shopping and it is so don't shop but yes be conscious of your shopping like so now i can say that maybe i've moved on from normal shopping to maybe is it going to the weavers is it going you know where is it going and again when you're getting something which is very cheap like let's say you you're paying just 5 dirhams for a t-shirt why is this only 5 dirhams who is you know who is behind uh, who's the loser in this so then you know that 
you you start asking yourself those kind of questions so i will not say that i never tell people like i said i don't tell people that don't shop or don't but just be conscious and at least give it to somebody who can use it because we still have a lot of people who can use those things which you know which we think um we are just uh, we, we are not going to use so we we can still give it to people who can so true this is so uh, like you know uh, since you are an expert in marketing my question to you will be you know with a lot of sustainable brands and sustainable startups now coming up what do you think is the best marketing strategy like what do you think is the best way to connect with them so i'm actually very interested in knowing how sustainable is the sustainability going to be because on one part you're trying to make uh, an income out of it you need to pay people from there right so how sustainable is sustainability going to be that is a very important and then when there is a model when there is zero wastage that actually is a very good model again are you ready to share what your income is with people who are you know who are working on it are they your stakeholders are they going to be considered as your you know part of it that okay this year are you also going to be taking a smaller bonus home this year because your working work people couldn't get that much you know what i'm saying so that is what the empathy which you mentioned earlier shweta i think that would be really important to see the connect which it would give that how important is it and how sustainable is this or are you just going to uh, create a startup and then you know two years down the line sell it and move on to something else because then somebody else's responsibility to take care of it and make it grow are they going to uh, follow your passion because you started it with a passion right you had something in your mind and you started it are others going to follow that we don't, i i wouldn't know makes sense so uh, my final two questions to you would be one piece of advice you would like to give to youth out there you know some people who are just wanting to start their journeys or already on their journeys it's always efficiency is more important than perfection just start don't keep waiting for a perfect day a perfect time a perfect hour a perfect situation just start at least you've done the road will find yeah the road will just come in front of you <laughs> okay and the next would be uh, one thing that you will definitely want to tell your younger self <laughs> what i like to tell my younger self yeah i i don't um, <laughs> that's a tough one something you know something you wish knew when you were say in your 20s or because for example even we also you know we sometimes are like too much focused on okay what next what next what next and with a lot of people i've spoken to everyone is like you know be patient enjoy life more yeah so i think i would all i would say uh, be kind to yourself and i would say this to everybody be kind to yourself okay so uh, thank you so much like thank you so much for being being on the show and you know sharing your story with us i'm so sure that it's it's gonna you know affect a lot of people out there and maybe you know we we all can also sort of but this not i wouldn't say because what you are doing is like really big and really but that selfless feeling and to have that feeling is like i don't know how, how am i going to have it so even if we could do a percent of what you're doing that will be like 
amazing at least for me on a personal note because with so much kindness with so much selflessness it's it's beautiful so like really thank you <laughs> thank you shweta for those very kind words and i'm very honored and but i don't uh, want to be on a pedestal because i really believe that everybody can be there you know we can create our own pedestals actually yeah so anything which you do particularly relating with time and effort money is not a solution for everything but time and effort and the thought i think that is everybody can be their own hero in their own stories so thank you so much for that and you are one on your own because you are now uh, got this uh, climb up runner thing going and you know you people you are watching for them reading their stories doing that bit and bringing it to attention creating um, uh, communicating this to people and creating awareness is a major objective so i think uh, everybody everybody it's possible for everyone to do something whether it's within their own family their own life or whether it's a community everyone can do something thank you so much thank you shweta